Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to Get Your Goat. Josh here, and today we're going to be talking about Amari Cooper, likely to be, to be released by the Dallas Cowboys, what that means for the Cowboys and him moving forward, and who I think Amari Cooper should be going to. And J.C. Jackson will not be franchise tagged, meaning he is going to be hitting the open market star quarterback for the Patriots, where I would like to see him go. Then I'm going to talk about the NFC East and what those teams need. And then I'll recap a wild day in the NBA, which saw a lot of top teams lose and KD making his comeback but could not carry his team to victory. Then I'll talk about a couple games tonight. So let's get started. And first off, Kenny Pickett's hand size. Big discussion around that yesterday. Kenny Pickett, star quarterback from the Pittsburgh uh, Panthers, who uh, entered the draft. He was a Heisman finalist this past year. Great quarterback, but in the combine, everybody has a hand measurement, and people wanted to make a big deal because his hands are small, clocking in at eight and a half inches which, you know, is larger than, you know, the average human hand. So it's no big deal. I don't know why they tend to measure things like that at all. Uh, when you want to see the arm strength on display, the accuracy, the leadership, I want to see every single thing other than hand size, which I don't care about. I don't think this should affect his draft stock at all. Look at Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, slightly bigger hands than his. He's doing just fine. Michael Vick had the same hand size on the football field. He did just fine. So don't think this is going to affect Kenny Pickett too much. Again, I don't know why they have those in the combine at all, why they do some type of measurements that isn't just regular height and weight. You know, it doesn't make sense uh, to me, you know, certain things they do there. But Kenny Pickett should be fine. Now Amari Cooper, likely to be released, you know, when the new season begins in a couple weeks, uh, which uh, means one thing for – a couple of things for the Cowboys is they're losing wide receiver number one, but it also means that they're saving quite a bit of money. He was due twenty million dollars, you know, when the new league begins. Uh, when he signed that, you know, five-year, hundred million-dollar contract that paid him, you know, as a top five, top ten wide receiver in the league, and now, you know, he's only going to count six million against the cap if they were to cut him. No, not the twenty million which is big because even though he's paid like a top five, top 10 wide receiver, he does not have the production of that at all. You know, they spent the Cowboys spent a first round pick on a Mari Cooper. They didn't spend the first round pick, but they traded a first round pick for Amari Cooper because they thought he was one of their missing pieces. And He's just been all right. He's not been sensational. You know, he hasn't had a Jamar Chase type of season this year. 
or a Devontae Adams or a Cooper Cup, uh, Debo. He hasn't had any of those kinds of seasons. But Justin Jefferson, he hasn't had them. Has he been terrible? Has he been, you know, one of the worst wide receivers? No. But has he been? He's just been average to me, maybe slightly uh, better than average route running skills. But other than that, he's just been an average wide receiver. And when you are paid that much money, you cannot just be another ordinary Joe. So it makes sense that the Cowboys cut him. But it also means that, hey, C.D. Lamb is going to have to step up for the Dallas Cowboys. He's going to have to be better. He's going to have to cut down some of those drops. To me, the timing is a little weird because you've got Michael Gallup, who was, I think, a great wide receiver for this team. But he tore his ACL. You know, he won't be back day one with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he's going to be a free agent as well. They'll probably expect to re-sign him. Cedric Wilson is a free agent. Uh, they'll probably re-sign him. But, you know, it shifts this. It doesn't make this Cowboys uh, team look as dangerous. The depth that that receiver position is no longer there when he's gone. So, you know, the Dallas Cowboys, you know, save money. But are they in a better position now to win a championship? You know, cutting a player if they don't sign anybody else? No, uh, they are not any better at all. So with Amari Cooper being released, there are a few teams I would like to see him get traded to. One, the New England Patriots. Yes, what did I say they needed? They needed wide receiver number one. And Amari Cooper can be that guy, especially in a Bill Belichick-style offense. I think that would be great for him to be there. You've got Kendrick Bourne, uh, who's a nice piece. Uh, you know, Nikhil Harry, who hasn't really panned out. Um, you've got your two tight ends, which I like a lot, Hunter Henry, John New Smith. You add Amari Cooper to this offense. Mac Jones, get some chemistry with him. That would be huge for this offense. I think that would benefit Mac Jones tremendously, you know, going from his rookie year to his sophomore year, some progression and player growth. I think that is something that Patriots need to look at exploring if they don't have their eyes set on the draft. Amari Cooper, that would be big time for the New England Patriots and signal yet again that, hey, we're still, we're still retooling. We're not out yet. We know the Bills shellacked us in the wild card game. But, hey, we're reloading and we're coming back. This would be a huge, huge signing for the New England Patriots. Who else? The Cleveland Browns. Yes, the Cleveland Browns, one year a move from glory and now, you know, Eight and nine, third best team in the AFC North. Missed the playoffs. No OBJ. Could cut Jarvis Landry. Can't do that. If you do that, and even if you don't do that, you're gonna need Amari Cooper in this division to compete with the Cincinnati Bengals. To me, you know the Bengals are the class of the AFC North right now. They got one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver core. In the game with T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, 
almost unstoppable when they're all lined up there on the field. So if I'm a Browns, guess what? I need to bulk in up my wide receiver group. I picked up Baker Mayfield's fifth-year option. So do you know what that means? I placed a lot of trust in Baker Mayfield. I'm paying him $20, 22000000 million this year. So guess what? He has to show up and perform. And I'm not going to take away every weapon from him and assess him based on that. I need to get him Amari Cooper because on the Browns, hey, you know, we need to start winning. It can't just be a one-hit wonder where we just flamed out in the divisional round. You know, we need to get better. Amari Cooper, Cleveland Browns need to seriously entertain that. What other team? The Indianapolis Colts is one I had in mind as well. They got a nice receiver group, you know, T.Y. Hilton if he's healthy and uh, Michael Pittman. They got Jonathan Taylor. Whoever's a quarterback, whether it be Carson Wentz or they move and trade to get somebody, Amari Cooper would be big for this passing offense. This is a team that wasn't great by any means in the passing game. Last year, Carson Wentz had some good moments, but when the big games were on the line, he came up short. Receivers came up short, so Mari Cooper, this would be big, especially if they retain Carson Wentz, a team that was 9-8, and eight, but was a very dangerous 9-8 and eight until they lost their two games. Adding a Mari Cooper would make this team even more dangerous. I think this is a team that should go out and get him. What other team? The Raiders, another team I just talked about that needed a wide receiver, number one, with Amari Cooper. You know, go out and get him. Only problem is they had Amari Cooper. They traded him for that first-round pick. So to me, it's very unlikely he goes to the Raiders, you know, again, being drafted there and then traded. But never say never. Who else? Maybe every team in the NFC East as well that's competing uh, with the Cowboys, the Eagles, still need a wide receiver. Devontae Smith, I think, is great. I think he'll continue to get better. But if Philadelphia is serious about winning, guess what? They're going to need another wide receiver, especially if you're sticking with Jalen Hurts. You're going to need all the weapons you can get and make his job as easy as you can. And to do that, Amari Cooper would help and imagine that. Imagine signing Amari Cooper, you know, and then he turns out to be the difference maker in most Cowboys games. Just imagine the storylines leading up to that. I think if you're the Eagles, you entertain that. If you're a football team, you entertain that. And you kind of have a 1A, 1B wide receiver group. I think Terry McLaurin's great. Amari Cooper would be great on there, but... Below Terry McLaurin on the Washington football team, I just don't know about it. I'm not sold on Curtis Samuel or any other players on the football team. Uh, So Amari Cooper, again, is another team. If the Washington Commanders are really trying to go all in and find a quarterback, uh, guess what? He's going to want some wide receivers to throw to. So signing Amari Cooper would be more enticing. Another team I think would benefit from signing Amari Cooper is the Arizona Cardinals. Right now, you know, a lot of scrutiny and, you know, 
all over this franchise after, you know, the coach and the GM get extended, uh, Kyle and Murray waiting for an extension. But if you're the Cardinals and you're planning to grow, commit to Super Bowls and championships with Kyler Murray, you go out and sign Amari Cooper. DeAndre Hopkins' health limited him last year. Who knows if he ever returns the way he does again. To me, A.J. Green does not have consistent production in him. I like Christian Kirk, but he's not a wide receiver, too. I like Rondale Moore. He's not a wide receiver, too. So if DeAndre Hopkins is limited by any means, you go out and assign Amari Cooper. And to me, this should be a must for the Cardinals is to sign Amari Cooper because you're in the division with the Los Angeles Rams, the reigning Super Bowl champions with Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup and loaded defense. They're going to need everything they can to throw at the Rams. They're not winning with their current roster against the Rams' current roster. They need to upgrade. What do you need to do? Sign Amari Cooper. That will help fend off the 49ers, too, who I think will be better next year. Uh, Maybe the Seattle Seahawks, who I expect to be one game better. But if you're the Cardinals, you're going out in making moves to better your team. So Amari Cooper being released, and I think there's going to be a lot of teams interested in his services. Next is J.C. Jackson, cornerback for the uh, New England Patriots, who I think is one of the best uh, cornerbacks in the game, who's just been tremendous uh, since he came into the league last year, selected to his first Pro Bowl uh, in the past two years, uh, 17 interceptions this year, you know, had a pick six, six. Pick six. Uh, he is a true shutdown corner who I really don't target, wouldn't throw the ball at at all. But the Patriots, knowing that, you know, they kind of just overpaid for a cornerback or cornerback and it didn't turn out, uh, didn't not pan out correctly. And Stephon Gilmore, now he's wound up on the Panthers. They don't want to replicate the same thing with J.C. Jackson. I would actually prefer J.C. Jackson because he's a bit younger than when they signed Stephon Gilmore and reworked his contract after he won Defensive Player of the Year. But if I'm uh, J.C. Jackson, you know, maybe I look at going to another team if Patriots don't match. And teams I'm looking at are the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team whose defense is good. You know, you've got T.J. Watt reigning Defensive Player of the Year. You got Cam Hayward, you got Minka Fitzpatrick. However, the secondary group, not a huge fan of, looks like Joe Hayden will be leaving. Leaves a spot there for a main cornerback. You get J.C. Jackson. This unit would be one of the top defensive units in the league. Big, big time if the Steelers go out and make this move. Another team in the AFC North that should be interested, the Bengals. Eli Apple, the man who had one good play against the Kansas City Chiefs and guarding Tyreek Hill in coverage and then just absolutely mauled in the Super Bowl game. 
uh, who's just been absolutely torched throughout social media by fans, players alike, just dragged through the mud. Uh, I think it's good to get him out of there. I don't resign Trey Waynes. I've got a Wouzier who was, you know, a very underrated good corner. Mike Hilton, one of the better slot corners in the league. I had J.C. Jackson to a Bengals team that just made the Super Bowl. Uh, and this secondary just seems loaded if they do that with the guys. I aforementioned their secondaries, or their safeties, Jesse Bates and Von Bell. That gets tough back there. That's kind of a no-fly zone type defense back there. This helps out this Bengals team even more, who are looking to go back to the Super Bowl, got that taste. They want to go back. I think they'll be back. Uh, this is a good Bengals team. That makes them better. Another team, the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, the San Francisco 49ers, Achilles heel this whole season to me was their secondary. You want to make an argument for Jimmy G? Go ahead. But to me, their weakest position group was the secondary, in particular the cornerbacks. When you see Josh Norman come into the game now, uh, it is not a good sign at all. Verrett uh, has had trouble staying on the field. Their main corner, uh, you know, Manuel Mosley, just been all right. I thought Ambry Thomas came on really strong, but he's still young. So J.C. Jackson, get into this secondary group, would be huge. And again, as I say, in a tough division, you're going up against the Rams and the Cooper Cups of the world. You have to be able to stop them. J.C. Jackson is a corner I like, especially, like I said, with the Rams. Matt Stafford is a turnover-prone quarterback, a mistake-prone quarterback in the interceptions that he throws. You put J.C. Jackson in there, a ball hawk, great instincts. Uh, I could see him picking off Matt Stafford like five times in the two games uh, that they play. Uh, throughout the course of a year. So those are some teams I think J.C. Jackson would very much benefit going to. And a lot of those teams still are in contention, just like he was with the New England Patriots. Now moving on to the NFC East and what NFC East teams need to do. Starting with the Dallas... Cowboys, winners of a division last year at 12-5 and five with the four seed. However, upset by the 49ers in the wild card round of the playoffs. What does Dallas need to do to repeat as division champions, be 12-5, and five, and maybe win a playoff game this year? You just cut Omari Cooper. That doesn't help your chances anymore. But what does this team need? To me... It needs more secondary. I'm not sold on Trevine Diggs. Yes, he's got a lot of interceptions, but yes, he gets burned a lot in coverage. Toasted, burnt, whatever you want to say. That man is always turned around. There's a reason why he gave up over 1,000 yards in coverage because he is terrible in man-to-man coverage. Terrible. He's just so bad, uh, and he's very instinctful, which is why he has those 11 interceptions and was named to an All-Pro. But other than that, he can't cover a lick. He just can't. 
it's bad. Talk about somebody that's, you know, not blanketed on anyone. I mean, they need a true corner or safety. That's why they're interested in Tyran Matthew as well. I think if you're the Cowboys, you just cut Amari Cooper. I go into debt to get Tyran Matthew, the honey badger, on this team to improve my defense and secondary. He would be the vocal leader. He would help out in coverage at times in the slot. Tyran Matthew is that guy. I'm the Dallas Cowboys. I am looking at him and saying, hey, you know, remade my defense with Dan Quinn and with uh, Micah Parsons being drafted and Randy Gregory and Marcus Lawrence being healthy. My front seven look good. I want my back four to look good. Tyran Matthew would be great. Dan Quinn's used to great safeties in Seattle. Had the Legion of Boom, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor safeties. That would be a huge addition for Dallas. I think Dallas needs to go out and get a deal done if they are to be taken seriously as Super Bowl contenders. Next is the Philadelphia Eagles. What I just touched on, you know, what they need the most, wide receiver. And I mentioned Amari Cooper is a possibility. I think that should be one if they're not drafting a wide receiver. To me, they finally drafted a good one this past year uh, in Devontae Smith after years of taking J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and Jalen Rager, you know, taking those guys before Justin Jefferson and before D.K. Metcalf. I mean, just must be truly terrible for the Philadelphia Eagles that you could have a tandem of Justin Jefferson and D.K. Metcalf and maybe Devontae Smith still on your team, and instead... It's Devontae Smith and no one else. So if I'm the Philadelphia Eagles, if I don't like Amari Cooper that much, if I'm the Eagles brain trust, I'm going out and drafting a wide receiver, a Drake London, a John Mechie, a Jamison Williams, a Pickens in the second round perhaps, anybody to bolster my wide receiver group to help Jalen Hurts out more, uh, to contend with the Dallas Cowboys in this division, you go out and you go get a premier wide receiver. Washington football team. They need a quarterback more than anything, and it was reported, I mean, before I could keep on going, I know they're the Washington Commanders. I'm just still not used to saying it. I'm still used to saying football team. Uh, so this Washington team, where it was reported, that they called every single NFL team and asked about the availability of their quarterback. They went as far as to call the Kansas City Chiefs and ask if Patrick Mahomes was available. They went that far. This shows how desperate the Washington football team is for a quarterback. And I think they know as well as me and as anyone else that this quarterback class in the draft isn't the strongest it has been. I don't know if you get a legit star quarterback, you know, on the field right now. So this is a Washington uh, team that thinks they have a decent chance to win if they upgraded a quarterback. And I do think you add 
the right quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, a Russell Wilson, maybe even a Derek Carr, somebody, you go from a 7-10 and 10 team to a 10-7 and 7 team. I think you get three wins flipped by having those guys or a Deshaun Watson. So I get why they're calling around asking for Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if they have enough draft capital and players to trade for Patrick Mahomes, but kudos to them for actually trying. But the football team, they need a quarterback. They know it as well. Uh, You can only go so far with Heineke and with Fitzpatrick. You can only go as far as a quarterback will take you in this league right now. It's not as far as your defense, you know, as it used to be or anything else. It is your quarterback. They need a quarterback to win this division, uh, to get to the next step uh, and, you know, go out, go swing big. And I think that's exactly what they're doing. And you can't fault the football team. If they try, if they go out and try to make all these deals and no one's accepting, hey, if they tried, that's all you can hang your head on. And lastly, in the uh, NFC East is the 4-13 and New York Giants, who might somehow be worse this coming year than they were last year, which would take a lot, but this team's that bad. So what do they need? They need everything. Everything. They need a new quarterback. Quarterback, Daniel Jones is not that guy. You're talking about trading Saquon Barkley, taking calls for him. Might need a new running back there. Wide receiver group, just all right. Nothing special. Kenny Galladay, much better with Matthew Stafford than he was with Daniel Jones. Uh, and that speaks, I think, to the rest of the players on this team, the Sterling Shepherds, uh, the Evan Ingrams of the world offensive line also needs to get much better, improved in both the pass and run block. I mean, they're bad. They're really bad. Defensive line, they really don't have anybody to get after a quarterback consistently. Linebackers can't even name a linebacker on this team. Secondary, there, I'll give you one. I'll give you James Bradbury. Uh, That's about it. And it's just sad because this team has had nothing going for it for a while. Uh, They need something. Uh, And this one draft class, this next free agency group, not going to be the thing to change this New York Giants team around. They're going to have to make small additions. So I think the thing they need to start with is take the page out of a Lions book. Get stronger in the trenches. Go after O-line, fortify that. Go after defensive line, fortify that. Get stronger in the trenches. Build the culture up. Make this team just somewhat fun and to have your fans get invested in it uh, because that its current state, it's bad. It's poor. It's not fun. Nobody turns on, you know, to buy a game to go see the New York Giants because they are just that bad. I mean, the battle of New York between the Jets and the Giants is pitiful. It's garbage. The New York Giants might as well get rid of that franchise in general with the Jets. Take those New York teams. It's crazy how the Buffalo Bills are the class of New York now. 
So those are what the NFC East needs. Cowboys, I would love to see them get Taran Matthew. Eagles, I would love to see them get Amari Cooper. The football team, I would like to see them get aggressive, make a trade, try to swindle some quarterback to get there. Deshaun Watson may be your best bet if everything holds up with him off the field. New York Giants, you, you need a lot. Now moving on to the NBA. Yesterday, Kevin Durant made his return against the Miami Heat. And look good. It's crazy how Kevin Durant can miss, you know, quite a bit of time, his sprained MCL, and then come back and just look like he's in midseason form in his first game. He was terrific yesterday, a 31 points, 10 of 21 from the field. I mean, just great, perfect from a free throw line, made all nine of it. Maybe my only critique was three-point, you know, shooting, uh, be a little better. He was only two for seven, but other than that, Clearly the best player on this team who had no Kyrie Irving, still no Ben Simmons, and they fall to the Heat who were playing a back-to-back. Why? Because they had nobody to stop Bam Adebayo. Bam Bam could not stop him. Andre Drummond, not that guy. Bam worked him time and time again, dropped 30 on this team. And it's crazy because Jimmy Butler... Didn't even start the Heat one. Duncan Robinson, zero points, and they still won. Bam, carry this team. Tyler Hero, again, off the bench, you know, a day after, you know, scoring like 30 to come back, score 27. Just great. He's been tremendous this year. Uh, to me, should be the sixth man of the year. He's playing that well. I'd have no problem with that at all. And even the great Kevin Durant, like we see with LeBron and the Lakers, LeBron can't come over, can't overcome every shortcoming on uh, the Lakers. Kevin Durant cannot overcome all the uh, shortcomings on the Nets, in particular the defense. We can't cover, we can't defend everybody. Uh, when you have liabilities on defense out there, like Goran Dragic, like Seth Curry, like Andre Drummond, you know, there's not, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge, Patty Mills, there's not much you can do. Uh, that's why they need Ben Simmons to be back to make up for those kind of defensive weaknesses. He doesn't come back, you know, they'll be competitive, but in the end I see the Nets losing these sort of games. And now, you know, a couple months ago, you know, before the Kevin Durant injury, you know, they were number one in the East. Now, Kevin Durant comes back, they lose. They are now 500. They've only won like three of their past 20 games. They're in the eighth spot. They're 10 back from first. Uh, They're one game ahead of the last spot in the play-in. So, again, things are not looking good for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, The Kevin Durant return is a glimmer of hope. It's a beacon of light. But other than that, they're going to need Kyrie back full-time when this mandate's lifted and Ben Simmons to eventually make his return. Uh, But even with all that, with how short of a time it is left and Brooklyn's tough remaining schedule, 
you know, I do not see them making the one through six playoffs. I I think they'll get the playoffs, but they'll have to earn it. They'll have to win a play-in game to make it into the playoffs. Then in the NBA, a lot of top teams lost yesterday. The Chicago Bulls lost yet again, uh, who are now on a three-game losing streak. Uh, right now, Trey Young put up 39 points. You know, DeMar DeRozan's been good. But this team, you know, the defense is starting to unravel with no Caruso, no Lonzo Ball. You know, they've got the offense there, but their two best defensive players who have been out, uh, it has hurt this team. It is showing in losses like those. That's a big one for the Bulls who drop, you know, from the second spot to the third spot in uh the Eastern Conference. Another top team that lost, the Memphis Grizzlies, who were rolling, lost to the Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics starting to heat up. You know, the Memphis Grizzlies scored over 100 points, which Boston's been doing a great job holding teams under. John Morant got his 38 points, outplayed anybody on the Celtics. Uh, But in the end, the Memphis defense could not do enough uh, to stop the Celtics, who had four starters in double figures and six players overall in double figures. I mean, uh, the Grizzlies could really stop no one yesterday. So that's something they're going to have to work on all around is their team defense. Another top team that lost. The Warriors starting to really unravel here. Uh, lost yet another game. And they've dropped three in a row and have lost seven of their last ten games. Things are not looking good. Again, another team whose defensive issues are glaring. Without Draymond Green, no point forward in that role without Draymond Green. Things are starting to come undone for the Golden State Warriors, who have lost again uh, Luka Doncic. Dropped 41 on them. Stephen Curry, you know, rather pedestrian with 21 points. Klay Thompson, the same with 16. Jordan Poole was their leading scorer off the bench with 23. And they've had no answer for Luka. Luka Doncic has been on a tear lately as well. No team's had an answer for him. Not the Lakers, not the Warriors in the past couple times they played in the past week. So Warriors have defensive issues. Uh, to fix, or what was a great start to the season, could all come undone in the playoffs. If they keep this up, they need to fix it. And then you had the Lakers lose yet again. Uh, Dropped, you know, it was a close game, you know, three-point game at halftime or something like that. And Clippers score 40 points. In the third quarter to the Lakers, 18, you know, I looked at, you know, the halftime score was like 66-63. Look at the third, I got a third quarter alert, you know, saying it was like 103-80. to And I was like, how much have the Clippers scored? Did they almost get 50? And I see the 40, and I just am not even shocked anymore at how bad the Lakers are. You know, people used to say this is the worst Lakers loss ever. Now every every Lakers loss feels like the worst Lakers loss ever. And like I said, teams are lining up, and each one 
is taking a clean shot on the Los Angeles Lakers. Los Angeles Lakers, who were had the second best odds to win the championship when the year started when they acquired Russell Westbrook, are now in danger of missing the play-in. You know, I thought they would be a play-in team and lose in the play-in. Right now, I don't even think they make the play-in. I think they miss the playoffs. New Orleans, who to me is playing, you know, a little bit better with that C.J. McCollum trade, have a little bit of an easier schedule. I say they pass the Lakers. Lakers cannot advance past the ninth spot, which they're in. I think the Pelicans pass them, which puts them at the tenth spot, which puts them at last in the play-in. Then you got a couple teams behind them, which would have Portland right there, San Antonio, and heck, even Portland can do it. Even Portland can do the same. I do not think the Lakers make the playoffs. I look at their schedule; they will lose every game. Warriors, I don't see them winning that game at all. Uh, I feel like those games are close. Close with the Warriors, they lose every time. Then they have a three-game very winnable stretch. Spurs, Rockets, Wizards, you know, that stretch they could go as well as 3-0 and as they could 0-3 with this team. But then after that, they win in another game. They could lose from March 13th uh, to April 10th. They could not win for a whole month. It's possible because after that Wizards game, they play the Suns. Uh, the Suns have had the Lakers number recently. They play the Raptors twice. Raptors have been beating a lot of teams. Timberwolves have been beating some teams as well. The Cavaliers are good. 76ers look tremendous. The Pelicans, like I said, I think will pass them. The Mavericks, the Jazz, uh, the Nuggets, you know, even the Thunder have had their way with the Lakers this year. The Lakers, to me, are the most pathetic team in the NBA. The most pathetic the most embarrassing, and the most effortless team. Because there's teams we know that are just going to stink. We know the Orlando Magic are going to stink and they have to get better. Uh, but at least they play with some heart. The Houston Rockets, we know they stink. They got nobody, but they play with some heart. Same with OKC. Bunch of rookies on there, you know, but they play with heart. It looks like they're having fun even in their losses. Detroit, you know, same way. It's been a rough year. But the Lakers, the Lakers. Just pitiful. Just pitiful to have LeBron James play as good as he is, but get no support. Anthony Davis, broken down man over there. Who knows where he's at? Uh, He's like a Lego set, you know, falls down and every piece of him breaks. I mean, it's just he's bad news, bad luck, bad juju. He needs to go. Russell Westbrook, I'm glad that, you know, Lakers and Russell see, hey, to have some mutual agreement to try to trade that bum. Uh, Russell can't hand, handle any of that smoke in L.A. Uh, Lakers don't want him there. He's a mess. Carmelo Anthony has been a decent, you know, player off the bench who I thought, you know, was going to get a ring this year. I was wrong. Uh, Dwight Howard already has a ring. He's been terrible. Uh, he's just, you know, enjoying being in L.A. Uh, same with Trevor Ariza. Benefited next to nothing. Uh, why not, you know, he doesn't need to play or do anything. Same with Wayne Ellington. Kemp Bazemore ain't doing anything. Malik Monk has some flashes. AR-15. But this team, this team 
you know, is, I would say, for the talent, you know, and I would say, you know, expected, you know, wins above average or whatever EPA thing is, to me, they're the worst team in the league uh, by far. To me, there is no team worse than the Los Angeles Lakers due to the expectations, due to what they thought they would be and just how bad they are to be, you know, one of the worst uh, defensive teams in the league and to just be a middle-of-the-pack offensive team, kind of right there with the Sacramento Kings. I mean, it's bad. I mean, you can struggle offensively like the Miami Heat, like the Boston Celtics, like the Philadelphia 76ers, like the Dallas Mavericks, you know, like the Cleveland Cavs, if your defense is outstanding. But when your offense is middle of the pack and your defense is that bad, you know, with the Houston Rockets, the Sacramento Kings, the Charlotte Hornets up in there, guess what? You ain't going anywhere. This team ain't going anywhere. It's done. It's shot. No play-in, no playoff hopes at all. Don't think they win a playoff game. Don't think they win a play-in game. Don't even think they make it there. Season is over for the Los Angeles Lakers. Over. Now, I'll still root for LeBron. Still think LeBron's great. But again, basketball's a team sport. It's not the Los Angeles Jameses. Never has been. Team sport. So, with that, Lakers are done. You know, this is... Probably the worst team LeBron has ever been on in his career. And in his uh, 19th year in the NBA at 37 years old, he can't overcome his worst team that he's ever been on. Now to pick a couple of games for tonight. One, the Bucks and the Bulls. And this is a battle for third place in the Eastern Conference. And right now, I'm picking the Bucks to win this game. Like I said, the Bulls have been a little shaky recently, you know, losing their past three games, their defense a uh, little bit of a mess. Milwaukee has won two in a row. Just, excuse me, just beat the Heat. In a thriller, Drew Holiday, excellent game. You know, the game winner there. Uh, I do think uh, that the Milwaukee Bucks win this game uh, and move to that third spot, which, you know, only puts more pressure on the uh, Chicago Bulls to kind of stop the slide with, you know, so many teams kind of right there with the Celtics and the Cavs and the Bulls, the Bucks. This is a big game, uh, but Giannis is too good. Uh, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, the Stars are going to show out for the Bucks and they'll beat the Bulls. Then the Knicks and the Suns. And this one's an interesting one to me because, you know, a couple of days ago I picked the Suns to beat the Trailblazers, and they did. But, you know, I thought Devin Booker would be in that game. And it came out that, you know, he entered health and safety protocol. So I got really nervous 
with the tip-off that, oh, my, Trailblazers might win this. And it wasn't close. The Suns smoked them. Wasn't close. Devin Booker's not playing in this game. No Chris Paul. However, I think the New York Knicks win this game, upset the Suns. The Suns just played great without their two stars. I don't know if they can keep it up. The Knicks, you know, have been great in the first half of games recently. It's kind of been the second half of defensive collapse that Julius Randle says have got to stop. I think the Knicks play desperate, who have just been terrible recently. They've lost six in a row, nine of their past ten. I mean, they're doing everything wrong. So I would I be surprised if the Knicks somehow lose this game? Of course I wouldn't. But I do think the Knicks get back in the winning column, and they do upset the Phoenix Suns tonight. I think Julius Randle can do it. I think this Knicks team can do it, uh, and, and they have to do it before, you know, it starts to get really ugly at the Garden. So there you go with that one. Then some NHL uh, news as well. You know, in my picks that I did on Wednesday, you know, I rarely do NHL picks and look at what I know. The Rangers beat the Blues, got me wrong. Kraken beat the Predators, got me wrong. And, you know, they have not been playing great. But the Colorado Avalanche, you know, the best team in the league uh, this year so far, upset by the Arizona Coyotes yesterday. I mean, come on. Who would have thought that? The Arizona Coyotes this year have two wins against the Colorado Avalanche. They only have 11 losses, and two of those losses have come to the Arizona Coyotes. So good for the Coyotes for upsetting them. Another big uh, win, the Pittsburgh Penguins beat the Lightning 5-1. This was two of the best teams in the league going up against each other. Penguins hammered them, outshot them. Uh, I think uh, 40 to 21 or 22 uh, just absolutely got after Vasilevsky. John Cooper, head coach of the Lightning, got ejected. I mean, the fireworks were out in this heavyweight battle between Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay. Then Hurricanes, who've been playing well, and Capitals, on the other hand, haven't. Guess what? Capitals wake up and, you know, shut out. The Carolina Hurricanes, 4-0. to Vita Vanacek with a 36-save a night performance. I mean, everything clicked for them. And now tonight, you got the two best teams in the Metro going up against each other. The Hurricanes and the Pittsburgh Penguins both playing on a back-to-back uh, tonight. So that should be a very fun and exciting game between these two teams. It looks like uh, both backups will be playing Casey DeSmith. Uh, for the Penguins, and anti-Ranta for the Hurricanes. Then college basketball regular season is wrapping up tomorrow. Arkansas and Tennessee uh, should be uh, an exciting game uh, right there because the division uh, is still not clinched if Auburn somehow loses to South Carolina tomorrow. Arkansas and Tennessee still have a shot to tie, you know, but, you know, one of them will win, so that should be an excellent game tomorrow as well. Texas and Kansas. Can Texas, you know, upset Kansas here? You got Baylor and Kansas tied for first in the Big 12. You know, Texas upsets them. Can Iowa State upset Baylor? They could still tie, but 
just shake up the rankings as well because, you know, both Kansas and Baylor right now, I believe, have a number one spot somehow. You've got Duke playing North Carolina. You know, Duke's very much alive for a number one seed uh, as well. So a lot of fantastic finish uh, for the college basketball season. And then tonight, I'm just going to steer off from sports for my remaining bit of the podcast. I know I usually always talk about sports, but there is some things I also like to talk about that is not sports related. One of those is movies. Tonight happens to be The Batman. I expect it to be a great movie. Looking forward to that in preparation. You know, I have watched all the Batman movies leading up to this, the Michael Keatons, the Christian Bales, you know, Val Kilmer's uh, performance as well. Didn't watch George Clooney because once is good enough for that. Uh, But I expect this movie to be great. Uh, I don't know if it will top the Dark Knight trilogy after rewatching it. And it's been some time since I rewatched it, you know, you know, Dark Knight still remains one of the best movies of all time. I love Batman Begins to me. Dark Knight Rises is another fantastic movie. I put Batman Begins ahead of that. I don't know if the Batman, this new one, can crack that top three. Uh, but I'll give it a shot. You know, I have a lot of hype for this movie. I think it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. So we'll see how I feel. I'll let you know how I feel about this movie how I rank it next week when I do my next podcast after I see it. Looking forward to that movie. And actually, tomorrow, UFC 272, Jorge Masvidal, Colby Covington. I got Colby Covington winning this game. Uh, One of the best pound-for-pound fighters in the world. You know, a brutal trash talk grudge match between these two, finally setting it, settling it in the octagon. You know, or a great fighter, Colby, great fighter. I think it'll come down to the better end. But I like Colby, especially if it comes to a judge's decision. Hope you all have a great weekend. I'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody.